the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Let's talk about what we're seeing out there as far as top stories and what's driving the markets. Quick reminder, as a courtesy to you and me, is that Valentine's Day reservations, you need to make them ASAP. Otherwise, you'd be stuck with that. I wasn't thinking 4.15, 4.30 dinner reservation. If dinner reservations are your thing, don't let love lead to debt, even on Valentine's Day. Um, it's so much simpler. Maybe draw a sketch, get a sketch pad and some charcoal pencils and draw each other this Halloween, this Thanksgiving, this Christmas, this Easter, this Valentine's Day. You get the idea. We got to start thinking outside the boxes on how we spend money all the time. Anyhow, and anyway, yesterday was a glorious day on Wall Street. The NASDAQ, the SP 500, the Dow all up. 10-year treasury sitting under 1.8% at 1.76%. It seems now that the round numbers are important to the 10-year treasury. I tend not to say that. Meta. Oh, man. Zuckerberg is having a sad day. Stocks climbed yesterday for a fourth day in a row, but today, Mark, Zuckerberg is bringing everyone down. Um, Selena Gomez is one of those singers, actors, young people who can pivot from a t-shirt to a gown beautifully. She can pivot from TV to radio lovely. She can pivot from movies to singing awesome. Facebook was this big Zuckerberg company and then they get Instagram and they get WhatsApp and Facebook gets into a lot of trouble for basically encouraging teenage girls to hate their bodies and to do bad things themselves. Uh, Facebook gets into a lot of problems on Joe Biden's laptop. Facebook gets into a lot of problems with uh, vaccination and Omicron truths. Facebook has to go to Congress to answer for, are you a platform where other people are providing content? Should you be editing that because if you said that on abc nbc cbs or fox if you pulled a janet jackson and a lot of people think facebook has pulled a janet jackson by becoming an entertainment publicity stunt just to get eyeballs there spotify is running this now for the first time you can't say that you're just a platform if you're delivering content and that is the content being created by you nope but that's a fine line in the 21st century of saying denying culpability Meta is having heaps of trouble right now. The company formerly known as Facebook is down 20% today, equivalent to nearly $200 billion wiped off its market cap. $200 billion. It warned last night that revenues for the current quarter would come in below forecast. Meta is pulling down all social media stocks. Interestingly, Facebook's monthly users held steady 
last quarter at 2.91 billion. Active daily users declined from 1.93 billion to 1.92 billion. It's the first quarter to quarter drop in global daily users in the history of Facebook. Is it saturated? It's saturated. Are people tired of it? People are tired of it. I'm all talk. I'm all bark and no bite, right? I don't like Facebook, and yet I still look at it every two or three days. Meta has said that ad sales, which account for the majority of its revenue, have been hurt by Apple's privacy updates and ongoing supply chain issues that have been hitting marketing budgets. So we're learning a lot of things. PayPal said recently that, yeah, there's pent-up demand, but not pent-up demand for sneakers. There's pent-up demand for vacations, and that directly hurts eBay and PayPal. And PayPal said recently, yeah, there's pent-up demand, but there's supply chain issues for the you know, new pair of sneakers people want. So they're not coming as fast. They're not being as filled as fast. We're not getting the turnover as fast. Very, very different in the metaverse, or I don't even want to call it the metaverse yet. I want to say in the Facebook world. But Facebook doesn't want to go to court anymore, or Zuckerberg doesn't. So he's now the CEO of Meta, and someone else is going to become the CEO of Facebook. Meta said it would separate its family of apps unit home to Facebook, Instagram, Messenger from other products tied to push into the metaverse, like its virtual reality headsets. The unit called Reality Labs disclosed its financials for the first time. So metaverse is basically augmented reality, virtual reality. In theory, Reality Labs is going to be one of those divisions, like Messenger, like Instagram, like Facebook, like WhatsApp. So Reality Labs joins the kind of like the the companies and the parent company is called Meta. So Reality Labs said that they made $877 million in revenue, but they lost $3.3 billion. Last year alone, Reality Labs lost over $10 billion. Now, again, Reality Labs doesn't really exist at this point in time. And part of what Metaver, or Meta and Facebook want to do is, is to try to say, we're going to define what the metaverse is. When you go into augmented reality and talk to your friends, yes, you could be on a spaceship. Yes, you could be in a cowboy Western. Heck, you could play games where you're a cowboy. Don't let the shows like Westworld bother you. Where, when do the robots fight back and actually kill? Are they real or am I in the metaverse? Um, but Reality Labs is losing a lot of money. 24% of the more than 3,000 jobs listed on Meta's website are for the Reality Labs. The company has already said it's planning to create 10,000 jobs in the EU related to the metaverse, and they lost $10 billion last year. So if you've ever had really, really bad, like I used to refer to it as number three, diarrhea, that's what Facebook did yesterday. It was the messiest, most grotesque result you could have imagined. And some of it you can blame Apple for sure. Apple turned on that setting in your phone that if you don't want apps to track you, clink, turn it on. You have to opt in to be in tracked. First day that I got the Apple operating system update, probably four months ago, I opted out of being tracked. I'm not tired because it's still happening, but it's happening less so. Where if I say the word skiing, why am I getting ads for skiing? And then I say something like, I, I say adult diapers. I'm talking about on the show, how when you get older, you, you want to have healthcare because you don't want to be wearing an adult diaper and do that yourself. And then I'm getting ads for adult diapers. I'm like, Ugh. 
So Facebook has a bad day going. We'll talk about that hopefully as the show goes on or in future shows about what do you do with that? Because that is a problem for a lot of people. Alphabet's stock split resonated well on Wall Street yesterday. Today, Facebook's problem with losing billions in the metaverse is resonating. What a day, what a difference a day makes, no? Microsoft is having problems in their augmented reality, virtual reality world. There's no shared vision. So Apple's got something that they said it's going to have privacy and it's probably going to come out this fall. It's probably going to be about $3,000. Whereas Facebook is selling the Oculus for $300, $400, $500 in that range. So Apple's going to charge it super premium so that they don't lose a lot of money on every unit they sell. Whereas Facebook's trying to seed the future with a lost leader in order to get people used to their version of what reality should be. I think it's all going to take three to five years. Meta is a mess because of that. A 32-year-old who earned $1.7 million last year shared his passive income methods. I hate stories like this. Just throwing that out there for you. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Tonight, we get Amazon Apollo Investment and Activision Blizzard all reporting. Don't miss an episode of The Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Rolling Stones can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want, but sometimes you get you get what you need, right? Um, Mick Jagger does that a little bit better than me. I enjoy philosophical philosophical thoughts and songs as much as the next person. You can't always get what you want. Sometimes you get what you need, right? The distance between what you think you're going to get in life versus what you get is the distance that's called pain. That, that's what hurts the most. 45% of millennials say their financial situation prevents them from getting what they want in their life. That's a lot. <laughs> like when I saw that statistic, I was like, poor millennials. I need to go get some avocado toast for them. They feel more behind on their finances and have a lower financial well-being than the national average. It's a byproduct of their economic challenges. They graduated college and saw two recessions, soaring living costs and student debt. Nearly 45% of the generation of millennials is very or completely concerned about their financial situation, stopping them from having the things that they want in life. When I was 30, I didn't give a two rats butt about what I would get in life or not. I knew that there was always going to be enough. When I was 35 and I started to settle down with kids, I was like, I need to make sure I leave enough money for them so that they can enjoy what I enjoyed. I'm not a big materialism kind of guy. Wearing the same sleeping shirt that I've worn all week this week, wearing the same sleeping pants that I've worn all week this week. When I have to go on camera, I'll shower and I'll put on a suit and tie. That's fine. You get the idea. I'm not I'm not high maintenance. The survey on the millennials found that more of them feel behind on their finances. 38% of the generation compared to a quarter of all adults said that they're often or always financially behind. 46% of millennials say their finances already feel that they control their lives. 46% of millennials have thoughts in their heads like, yeah, I'd like to go to a nice dinner tonight, but I'm just going to have ramen noodles. Yeah, I'd like to go on vacation, but I can only go on one vacation this year. So I'm going to pass on this one, guys. Is that okay with you? Findings show that millennials' perception of their financial well-being is lower than the national average. 
That's because the economic odds have always been stacked against the American millennials who have faced two recessions before the age of 40 while grappling with sky high living costs, high rent costs, high student debt. If I had to pay for college today, what I had to pay for college 30 years ago, I'd probably think twice about college. And yet it's one of the best pieces of financial advice I would give to myself 30 years ago. Make sure you go to college and finish it. Not because you're ever going to show anyone your degree. I've never shown anyone my degree. But because it's going to teach you some of the basic life lessons on how to kiss people's butts, to get ahead in life, how to work with a boss that you don't like, how to work with a boss that you do like. You'll find professors the same way, right? How to turn in your project on Friday when you say it's going to be Friday, not on Monday. So the millennials not feeling that they're going to get what they want, but will they get what they need? And with the job market and the rental market and the housing market creating massive different just breaks of inflation in our society and not necessarily wages keeping up with housing or leisure costs. I'm a little concerned. Okay. Now, you know how we're in a higher inflation environment right now. I saw a quick little note yesterday. I jotted it down. A lot of people are afraid of inflation. And I think you're incorrectly blaming Biden when you should incorrectly blame the last 10 years, which included a Republican and a Democratic president. A lot of the inflation started with 9-11 and terrorism, where our Federal Reserve started lowering interest rates, and we've become addicted to it. Prior to 9-11, I had a mortgage at 7 to 8 I had one mortgage at 7 to 8% and one mortgage at 10, 9 to 10% because I didn't have enough money for a down payment in 2000. I took out two loans, two mortgages. First one was for the down payment. Second one was for the big chunk of the house. It's like an 80-20 kind of thing. So I, I blame 9-11 for a lot of the inflation we're getting right now. Some of the inflation we fought with productivity. But the point I wanted to get at was in the past two weeks, as mortgage rates have been rising, in the past two weeks, We've seen lumber prices crash 30%. That's called deflation. Lumber prices plummeting 30% over the past two weeks as the housing market cools down. Some of the inflation is going to take care of itself. As we move away from the cheap money into more traditional levels of, of costs and still very historically low, but as we're moving towards a 4%, 3.5% on the 10-year treasury, we're probably moving towards mortgages at 55 6%. Do we ever get there? I don't know. There will be a lot of pain in the housing market, a lot of pain in the stock market if we get there sooner rather than later. So before January spike, the housing market was already feeling the effects of rising mortgage rates. The U.S. pending home sales fell 3.8% month over month. So home prices should start to come down if we get more inventory of homes. Two things can uh, affect inventory of homes. Are the home builders building? Right now they're saying lumber prices are too high, but lumber prices in the last two weeks have dropped 30%. So maybe they'll get that catalyst. But also, when people start seeing their homes, I looked at, uh, I've got four or five properties, and I looked at them all yesterday, and four of them were up on a month-over-month basis on Zillow or Redfin. I don't really count that, but I look at it. One of them was down, and it's the first time it's been down in three years. On a month-over-month basis, it dropped maybe $10,000. I was like, ooh, if I were a betting man with higher interest rates, I would think it's going to drop more. 
So maybe if I have to sell at a high or want to sell at a high, I'm going to be like, we should sell right now. We should sell right now. We should go to cash. So there may be more inventory on the way for people who panic who want to sell at the high. So inflation has this ability to take care of itself. I don't blame presidents. They don't spend the money. They can do very, very little on fighting inflation. If you want to blame someone, blame Congress. And if you want to blame someone, blame Alan Greenspan and 9-11 and Osama bin Laden for making the cost of money too cheap. I know you're saying, did you just blame Osama bin Laden for inflation? I did. Oh, my. Beijing's closed-loop Winter Olympics bubble is so strict that robots are preparing meals and staff are wearing alarmed armpit thermometers. I don't think this is all bad news of what's coming out of COVID. And the way China deals with COVID is totally different than the way the United States deals with COVID. Talking about those of you who are anti-vax or not my body, I'm not going to do it. Um, Good thing you don't live in China. Wearing thermometers under your arm. But I like the robot chef's angle. The I actually kind of like people at restaurants wearing masks and waiters and servers. Trust me, there's nothing better than going to a restaurant and looking at the staff and going, man, these are good looking people. And what it's like to be 20 years old and waiting tables and flirting with a cocktail or the hostess um, or the bartender. Like, but I kind of like the germ stain off my food because sometimes you've been at restaurants where you're like, that looks really, he looks kind of gross. She's missing some teeth. Please don't spit on my food. So I'm good with robot chefs. I'm good with more masks. I don't think everything we're seeing is awful. And I'm glad I don't live in China. And I'm glad I'm not a chef in China because they got chefs that are robots in China. That's tough to compete with. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. This is Rob Black. Thank you for listening to my podcast, The Rob Black Show. If you're looking for a certified financial planner or getting ready for retirement, contact me at rob at robblackshow.com. I can get you in touch with a certified financial planner from EP Wealth. Contact me, rob at robblackshow.com. That's rob at robblackshow.com. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to my show for the years. It's cathartic for me. It's always kept me focused on retirement, even though life gets very dramatic. Where you get into a marriage and it doesn't go well, you get into a second marriage, there's kids. It would be very easy not to focus about the day you turn 62. Will you still love me? Will you still need me? When I'm 62 and a half. (laughs) Don't you love being a child when you were like, I'm five and a half. And yes, I played with being smarter than other kids by going, actually, you're five and three quarters. But I'm digressing. I like answering emails. I like answering your questions, um, whether it's on the radio show or through email. You can always drop me a line, rob at robblackshow.com, rob at robblackshow.com. For instance, you could say, what do you think about artificial intelligence? And if I get enough of those or if I see enough there, 
you, you bet your bottom dollar I'm going to talk about that. I'm not going to ignore it. It's too good of content for you. It's too good of content for me. And I get it. So I got an email recently from David. Um, and David said, watch you on Cron mornings when I have it on. I do enjoy your nicely appointed setting and interesting artifacts from the comfort of your home. You've provided me helpful information in the past with recommendations of trustee suggestions. I'm interested in knowing your thought about me and my wife have an opportunity to purchase an investment home right next to ours in San Francisco. To make it happen, we would need to take about 400K from our 401K. We know we take a tax hit. After that, we can make the mortgage payments with renters. We are both retired. So I would not take a tax hit um, in any way, shape, or form. It's a 10% penalty when you file your taxes. That could give new meaning towards ouch. They automatically withhold 20% of the money for taxes. So if you withdraw $10,000 from your 401k at age 40, you may get only about 8,000. So keep in mind that you might get some of this back in the form of a tax refund at tax time if your withholdings exceeds your actual tax liability, but it's still you're coughing up taxes and a penalty. Would I take a 10% penalty? No. Would I jump into real estate as an investment vehicle at age 60? No. Would I steal from my 401k to fund my investment, my real estate investment portfolio? No. Now, some further details on this person. Um, his wife has about 450k in her 401k and his has 200,000. So essentially, they're talking about taking a, uh, more than half. Clean out the 401k. In his case, he wants to take it out of the smaller one to put a down payment on the house. Would it be a bad idea? So now not only is he not paying for it in cash, he's only putting the down payment down. So he's taking on extra leverage in retirement. Let's talk through this. I don't like to tell people no, but in this case, it's clear that buying a home is important to the individual. But is it as important as knowing the extra amount of risk they're taking on when you think you're going to get a sense of security and stability? A lot of prospective home buyers, you might see mortgage rates rising and feel the need to lock in a lower interest rate while you still can. The truth is, as interest rates rise, it makes a home less affordable and potentially make, creates more sellers and drops homes in their value because you could buy less home for that cost of money. Now, there is something to be said for the lower interest rate payments. Absolutely. While rates and growth are not guaranteed in the future, financial planning models would show that using one-third of your retirement savings to buy a new home in the beginning of a retirement would reduce likely disposable income in retirement, net of mortgage payments. You're at the point in your life where the goal should be to maximize your retirement savings. One reason why is that those funds will come in handy, very handy, quite handy. As you and your wife's health declines, you will want to have ample resources to cover your living expenses in the future. 
So to take a third to half of your retirement cash flow and sinking in a home that is not liquid, you're starting to take chances on your health, chances on your income, chances on the housing market, you're adding risk. Down the road, you're going to have to keep paying taxes and maintenance on the home, even after the mortgage is paid off. So what would happen if you don't have the funds to cover that past retirement because you've taken a big chunk of your 401k and allocated into basically the house, the wood, the walls, right? I also worry that you're underplaying the potential tax hike hit here. Some 401ks allow for distributions while you're still employed in some cases without a typical 10% tax penalty. Any distribution from your account would be taxed as income. Adding $200,000 in income via your retirement account would easily put you into a higher tax bracket. A very expensive proposition. So now you're kicking up your, your taxes that you're paying on income this year. You're getting the hit on the withdrawal. You're getting taxed on the withdrawal. And this is just for a down payment. And then you get someone in your home. And something like 2006 to 2008 happens where real estate values go down 30 to 40%. If you can see it in stocks, you can certainly see it in housing. And you just may want to remember that home prices do go down. Typically when the economy goes down, typically when people stop paying their mortgages, typically when people lose jobs and lose renters. If buying a home is going to save you money in the long run, you may want to consider a smaller down payment even if it means you do not need to pay for your mortgage insurance um, or actually smaller down payment means you do have to pay for a mortgage insurance. So we get in this idea that you have to put 20% down so you can avoid the mortgage insurance, which is, I'm not going to say is a racket, but it's as close to a racket as I can tell you there is. <clears throat> I would sit down with a financial advisor and a financial planner. A good financial planning team could help you with college analysis, college cost analysis, cash flow and retirement, taxes and retirement, state planning and retirement. If you think your financial expert in your life just helps you with your portfolio, then you're underestimating what you need. Having a module in retirement planning that could run a scenario for you on real estate values going up and down while mixing in your stock market going up and down, while mixing in your income going up and down, while mixing in your healthcare going up and down. That's what a good financial planner is able to do. They're able to say, this is way too much risk for you. So I don't ever want to say no to someone in an email, but I would not do this. I would not let my enemy do this. I would not, I would not consider this. Not at 60, 65. It's just, it's a little bit too late to become a real estate mogul. Unless you have enough in your 401k, which he does not. Unless there's a massive inheritance coming, I do not know. If you want to drop me an email, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Need a financial planner? Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Have a question? Reach out at robblackshow.com robblackshow.com I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more AOL once had over 20 million subscribers eBay once was a dominant play on the internet retail things change some companies lose their way some companies make bad acquisitions some companies spin off one of their best things do you know McDonald's used to own Chipotle and they spun it off they IPO'd it 
They should have owned it. They should have kept it. Did you know that eBay had PayPal? And it worked really well integrated. When you bid on something on eBay, you'd pay for it with PayPal. That was their preferred vendor. Hasn't worked out quite as well for either one of them independently. AOL, an internet company 20 years ago, 20 million subscribers. They also gave us access to the internet with online minutes that we were able to use. They kind of kick the pooch or pooch the kick. Don't kick the pooch and don't pooch the kick is my thought of the day. Heavy, right? But OAOL acquired Time Warner and they got CNN. They got HBO. They got all of that. What's interesting to note about that is Wall Street didn't like it. They thought they overpaid. They thought there was too big of a merger there. There was too much culture. AOL was very much so um, a tech company. Time Warner was very much so a media company. The cultures didn't clash. The creators didn't clash with the internet superhighway providers. So they end up spinning it off for less than half what they paid. Now you jump forward 20 years and you're like, you kind of see that Apple wants to own a TV company, right? Netflix wants more content. Facebook wants content. Like AOL, AOL wasn't wrong. They were just way before their time on it. And they bit off way more than they could chew. Let's do an email. You can always drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Janet, drop me an email. I'm interested in knowing if you are aware of any brokerage firms that provide accounts for minors at no cost with a parent as co-owner of the account. This would be a low balance, no charges for minimum activity or balances and preferably no cost for online trades. I am planning to transfer some assets in form of stock shares to my grandson so that he can learn more about sound financial matters. This is separate from their tax deferred educational accounts. What a very thoughtful grandmother, Janet. First and foremost, um, in my response to you, it's fantastic that you have a relationship with your daughter, I'm assuming, and your daughter's son. I think that's great. That's probably the most enriching thing you can do. I know you're thinking like you can teach him financial lessons. You could be the one to do that while the mom teaches him you know, how to be a boy and have fun. I get it. Now, here's my response. You got to check with the mom. The mom and dad are important here. Because I myself have said often on this air that if I was 18 and someone had given me a big chunk of change, there's a good chance I would have made a different life decision. I think we all know people whose mommy and daddies are rich. And let me give you one example. I know a young man, not a young man. He's an old man now. He's my age. But he dropped out of college. His dad gave him money to start a butchery. A butchery? A butcher shop? A butcher shop is the right way of saying that. So he wanted to be a butcher. <clears throat> Safeway meat, not good enough for him. He liked higher cut quality. So, hey, why don't I do what I love? He went out of business fast. 
local butchers are great, but in tough economies, people are like, you know what? I'll go to Safeway and pay $4 less a pound than what you could do your hamburger for or your filet. I know you're saying that's kind of a comparison, right? Because filet is like $30 a pound and hamburgers what, six? So <clears throat> I don't want to say this guy's name, Shane. Shane's dad gave him the name Shane so that he would think that he was a cowboy and a renegade. He starts a butcher. That fails. Next thing he asked dad for money for was an ice cream parlor. And he sets up an ice cream parlor in Hollywood. And his claim to fame is that Emilio Estevez once came in for ice cream. That too goes bankrupt. So by the time the kid turns 40, he's now at the point of joining ISIS. Not ISIS, uh, ICE. <laughs> That's a big difference, right? So he joins the, he's kind of a Republican because his dad said he's a cowboy. He's got the name Shane. So he joins the law enforcement and he's trying to find illegal immigration. Then it gets too dark for him. He sees too much violence. He sees too much uh, gun play. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. I've got mental issues. So he drops out of that. So he's now gone through two, three, three careers, right? And there was more, trust me. And now he's bitter because his father passes away and doesn't leave him access to over $50 million. His father says, I'm giving my kid a million. The rest is going to charity. That million dollars is pretty much so already spent. Not wisely. But I bring that up for you, Janet, because that all started with him knowing that he had money coming to him. And I don't want you to ruin your grandchild because of this. I know you're like, no, no, no. My grandchild's great. I know. One out of four kids don't turn out the way we want them to. So if I have two kids and you have two kids, one of our kids is going to be like teenage pregnant or drug dealer or arrested by the cops for hitting a friend. I know you're saying hitting a friend. That's a stretch. So here's my answer to answer your question, though. Once you talk with the parents, it's great. My two brokerage accounts that I would recommend for most people who are trying to save money on cost, who are trying to issues like that. Now, again, typically I like Fidelity, Vanguard, TD Ameritrade Schwab. Any of the big boys are awesome. Once you start getting into like the LPL financials and that's when I'm like, that, you're not going to get as good a paperwork. But to answer an account for another human being, I like Charles Schwab. They're best for uh, fund investing. They've got three trading platforms perfectly in sync, which match your platform to your skill level. They have excellent features trading education for new traders. So if your son gets into it, he could start reading about investing before you're 18, investing in video games, investing in 401ks, investing for retirement. There's a lot of good content there. There's a zero count minimum, means you can start trading anytime at any point in the game. Schwab combines decades of investing experience with modern approaches, including a very simple yet functional mobile app, low trading commissions, and access to great research tools. And commentary. For instance, when you have an account at Schwab, you can get standard and pours, and you can read what professional analysts say about the stock market, say about sectors, say about the economy, say about stocks. So you can read what the analysts are saying about Apple or uh, cryptocurrencies. Brokerage account holders at Charles Schwab enjoy some of the lowest investment costs in the industry. Now, she wanted free. Trades are only tagged at $4.95. And there's a whole list of over 100 ETFs that are commission-free, so you can buy and sell without paying anything. 
the internal cost at Schwab on ETFs are between 0.03% to 0.05% amongst the cheapest, tiniest expense ratios in the business. No account minimum, so finding a broker with a lower cost of doing business is a difficult task. They've got 24-7 customer, uh, customer support. I'm trying to think. I was, I was trying to say 365-24-7, but I was close enough in my head. I should have just stuck with it. Brokerage account holders get access to news reports from leading market sources, commentary from Morningstar, Credit Suisse, Market Edge. The biggest selling point might be that Schwab's got a terrific mobile app if you're younger. Also, I just like the paperwork. When April 15th rolls around and the parent of the child gets a statement, you want good paperwork to turn over to your accountant or to do your taxes. Now, if you want to go cheaper than that, Janet, I would say you want to go with Robinhood. You can't get much cheaper than free, but as we've learned with Robinhood, they route your orders, which means they make a little bit of money by charging, not by, not by charging you more, but say you want to buy 100 shares of X and it, it costs $100. You may ultimately get it for 99 if you're using a Schwab and they're shopping it around, but you may get that sh- those shares for 101 with Robinhood because that's how they make money. Robinhood is geared towards the younger generation with its mobile-only strategy. Its interface is fun. It's beautiful. It's slick. That's some of the stuff I don't like about their interface, but younger people will. There's no physical branches. You don't pay for affiliate research. Uh, It limits the number of securities you can trade. You can do other things with Robinhood, including options, which I don't recommend anyone under the age of 35 does. I use options to create income for large positions that I hold. You know that I own shares of Apple. I might um, buy and sell options based on generating some income from an asset that's just sitting there and slowly growing. But options aren't for the average person. Um, so I like Robinhood on some levels if you really, really must go free. But that's the only thing I like about it. I find that Robinhood is um, kind of a, uh, it's not the genie that you want to open. I'd rather you pay $4.95 for a trade so you think about it. I'd rather be that teeny tiny little $5 bill thought on the, should I buy shares of this or not? Put a little bit of, of an obstacle in front of a person so they think about it for a second. Personally though, if I was giving money if I was a child under 18, I'd prefer they be in indexes and that's cheap and free over at Schwab. So there's your answer, Janet. Thanks for the email. You can always drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.